Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. And please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd love to have you join us in person at 10 a.m. this Sunday at Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can also connect with us online at frbc.com. Thanks again for checking us out and enjoy the episode. To Luke chapter number two. Luke chapter number two. I'm sure that you can only imagine that's where we would be. And uh, so looking forward to, um, we'll have one more lesson in this series uh, on the 31st. And then, um, then we will be be done and moving forward. And so I'm looking forward to what the Lord has in the new year. But Luke chapter number two is where we're going to be. And I um, really just want to bring a thought to you that is pretty simple. And I already shared a portion of it on, I believe it was a Wednesday night here a couple of weeks ago in our um, Wednesday night Bible study. But I just wanted to take a moment to really bring my, share my heart with you as a group and as a class. And so Luke chapter number two, we're just going to read one verse and then walk you through just a thought um, as far as our religious rhythm series. And what we've been going through in this series is just kind of taking the concepts of scripture that sometimes are so easily lost in just the busyness of our society and the busyness of our world. Um, a rhythm is something that is consistent. It, it is a flow. It, it is something that is maintained so that it produces a result. And so as you have consistent rhythms in anything, it's really where you start to see the results. And, uh, and understand this, and I try to try to give this disclaimer every single time. When we talk about religious rhythms, we're not talking about something that you're doing to earn God's uh, uh, praise or earn God's grace. What we're talking about is just creating these consistent patterns in your life. I just saw something the other day that um, was a statistic as far as Bible reading goes. And the, the people who read their Bible consistently for 90 days um, stated that they had decreased, the fear had decreased in their life by 43%. 43% of people who read their Bible over the course of 90 days saw their fear decrease in their life. Like, let that sink in. In a society that is so fear-driven, the Word of God brings a sense to where it's like, okay, I have nothing to be fearful of. And uh, they saw anxiety decrease. They saw depression decrease. And so obviously we understand that some of those issues are not things that just we, we throw the Bible at and just wipe them away. There are medical sides of those things. But simply just from a surface level, people were seeing results by coming to the Word of God. And so when we talk about a religious rhythm, we're not talking about some sort of thing that we do to earn our salvation or to earn God's grace. We're just talking about becoming consistent in the things that matter. And, one, and the one that I'm going to bring to you today is one that I think that if you will intentionally add it to your life, you, what you will find is you will find that it is so much easier for God to do His work in your life. And so with that in mind, I want us to look at Luke chapter number 2. We'll read verse number 19. Um, if you would, let me read it once to you. Let, let, I'm going to let you hear it. And then I want you to read it out loud together with me. Um, verse number 19, I'll read it to you first. It says this, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Let's read that out loud together. Luke chapter number 2, verse 19. Ready, begin. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
the reason why, I think that's probably my favorite verse in the Christmas story. And the reason why is because I think that it just kind of breaks the mold of everything else that you've seen in Luke 2, okay? You read Luke 2 and you get this sense of almost like discouragement when Mary and Joseph are having to travel to Bethlehem. Like, oh my goodness, this is a long journey. Like, I can't believe this pregnant woman is in a stable. And now, now the Son of God is born in a manger. And so you get this discouragement, but then you get this triumphal entry where the angels come and they're singing on the sides of these mountains. And these shepherds are like, holy cow, what's, or holy sheep, what's going on? Um, and so they, they're like running to the manger. Some of you, it's too early for that joke all right so um they could have been cow shepherds i don't know that probably would have been farmers but anyways all right so you get like this triumphal entry they're like fear not and like the behold i bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be and so you get this and in the midst of all of that it's almost like you have verse number 19 tucked in there to where you have this mom who's just like what is happening with my son I'm looking at being brought to Bethlehem for taxation, and this is where the Son of God is born. I'm looking at angels singing and rejoicing over his birth. I'm looking to people who were told by a star to come here. I'm looking at all of these situations, and it says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. One of the greatest dangers, and I'll pull this out more in our, in our lesson, but one of the greatest dangers of society today is that we have failed to have moments where we stop and see what God is doing. And so because of that, we often live lives to where we wonder, what is God doing? And please understand this, very rarely... Will you live or lead a busy life and at the end of it be like, huh, well, look what God did. It takes moments where you stop and you just say, look at what God has done. And so with that in mind, I want us to look at this lesson today of the rhythm of reflection, the rhythm of reflection. Let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you so much for this thought that you have given us from Mary. Lord, from in the Christmas story, when she could have been so jubilant, when she could have had moments of praise, when she could have had moments of fear, when she could have had moments of discouragement, even thinking about what would happen to her son, Lord, in the midst of all of it, she stopped and she just simply pondered what you had done. God, I ask that you would help us today to develop that same rhythm in our life where we reflect on who you are and on what you have done in our lives. In your name we pray, amen. The word reflection kind of makes me think of a couple things. It makes me think, first of all, of a mirror, all right? We understand that a mirror is a reflection. One of the things that my wife will do sometimes uh, with me is that she will um, she'll say, oh, you got something in your teeth, and she'll go like this, and she'll go, it's this one right here. And I'm terrible at this game, all right? Like, I'm horrible at it. And so naturally, I go to this side, and she's like, no, 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 no. We're playing the mirror game, and I'm like, I, I don't even understand what that means. Like, and so am I supposed to? So then I like overcompensate, and I'm like, is it back here? And she's like, no, I can't even see that tooth. Like, why do you think that you have something back? And so it's a reflection, all right? You're doing kind of somewhat of the opposite of that, all right? If your brain is not in gear, there's been times to where I've gone to fix my hair, and I've like overcomp, like if it's sticking up like right here, I've like overcompensated, and I'm like, okay, that's not where it was, all right? Like, um, and so you, you're playing with a reflection. The other thing 
that I always often think of is I grew up uh, around a little park that was called Cedar Lakes. I played soccer there. I went fishing with my dad there. We went on walks there. It was the only park in Ripley, West Virginia, for those of you who are um, wondering about the thriving metropolis that I grew up in. But one of the things that I remember is that when we would go fishing, there were all these little ponds. I got bit by a goose there, all right, um, which you would think wouldn't hurt, but it does. Um, so anyways, I'm trying to share my heart with you guys, all right, my life story, all right. But um, when we would go there and we would fish and with some of those things, I have, this, I have these memories of like when I wasn't catching anything because there's only like four fish in the whole pond of just staring at the water and seeing myself in it, seeing my reflection in it. The interesting thing about a reflection is that it does not lie, okay? It, it doesn't give you a false sense of what is actually real. When you look in a mirror, you can look at it and you can be like, that's really, that zit's really not that bad. It's like, no, if it looks bad in the mirror, it's probably worse in real life. <laughs> All right. I have a staff, I have a guy on our staff that he'll always walk in and if he has something going on, he'll, he'll be like, don't look at this. And I was like, I wasn't looking at it. It was looking at me. And so, <laughs> and so if you're experiencing that, you're thinking to yourself like, okay, this is maybe not as bad as it seems, but the interesting thing about a reflection is this, is that it is actually telling you the complete truth. And one of the reasons why I believe that as children of God, we often avoid spiritual reflection is this, is because we would rather convince ourselves that we're not in the state that we're actually in. We can step there and we can say, well, I'm just so busy. Like, I don't really have time to ponder the deep, dark things of God. I don't really have time to maybe talk to myself and spend time in prayer about what God is doing in my heart and in my life. We can say all of those things, but the truth is, is that what we often find in moments of reflection is we find out who we really are. And in this moment, what I believe that Mary is experiencing is she's experiencing a moment of realizing what God is actually doing. She's having this moment where she's looking around at her life and she's looking at her newborn son and she's looking at all of the things that have gone on in her life over the course of these last couple of weeks and months where, where an angel has appeared and where she's had to tell Joseph and now they've traveled to Bethlehem and, and she's pondering all of these things. And here's what I see. I see actually in this verse three ways that we should reflect as children of God. The first one is this. We should reflect individually. Reflect individually, meaning this. And this is what I pulled out on Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago for our church family. It's interesting to me that in verse number 17 you have, and when they saw it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child, referring to the shepherds. And all they that heard it wondered at those things. So here you've got a group of shepherds. They see what's going on. They go tell someone else. And there's some people who are sitting there like, wow, that's really interesting. Hmm, I wonder what's that, what's that all about? I wonder, what, I wonder what the Lord's going to do with that. I wonder if this is the Messiah. They wondered at those things. They questioned. They, they marveled like, wow, that's a great story. I'm so glad an angel appeared to you on the side of a hill and sung to you with your sheep. Sounds like you're going a little crazy, all right? So they wondered at those things. But Mary, in the midst of that process, in the midst of the rest of that town, the rest of the world finding out about Jesus Christ, it says, but Mary kept all of these things. She did it individually. Even when the rest of the world was like, mm, that's really interesting. 
I wonder what the Lord's going to do with that. Mary stopped and said, this is something that I'm going to do personally. It's interesting to me that you don't see a moment like this with Joseph, because he's a dad, all right? Dylan, you'll find this out, all right? There's nothing that you never get a better night's sleep than those hospital couches. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you, all right? Sleep right through everything, okay? But you don't have a moment like this with Joseph. You don't even, please listen to this, you don't even have a moment like this with the shepherds or with the wise men or with anyone else in the Christmas story, just Mary. And sometimes our hesitation in developing moments of reflection and pondering what God has done is because we are fearful that, well, no one else does that. Like, they're going to think I'm some weird yoga dude if I'm like, like, oh, I need to think about the Lord, okay? They're going to think that I'm caught up in some weird, like, process. They're going to think I've got some weird religion. No, here's what we must understand, is that the rhythm of reflection is done individually. It is a moment with you and the Lord where you just say, God, what are you doing? God, what do you see in my life? God, what work are you doing in my heart? God, what, what are you doing in my life? Where are you taking me? Where are you leading me? What do I need to do? Where do I need to surrender? What am I missing? It is a moment that is individual. But notice, secondly, it is a moment that is intentional. So reflect individually. Secondly, reflect intentionally. The phrase here that I want to pull out that I feel like alludes to this is you have but Mary, so individually, but then it says this, kept all these things and pondered them okay how many of you you would consider yourself a um a keepsake person all right i'm going to give you another word like you keep things around like i need a souvenir from every place that i go all right how many of you would consider yourself a hoarder all right (laughs) a hoarder all right okay there's some people like i i can be like this until i get like frustrated with how much stuff i have and then i'm just like i don't care about the memories throw them all all right like like, and so there uh, we went somewhere, the, uh, oh, it was on our trip to Hawaii. And so we went to Pearl Harbor and like Pearl Harbor is like one of the, one of the coolest places that you can go. And just like, I mean, you, you've never been to a place that just so much does something to your heart. Like, I mean, it's just like, you can, you can put yourself in the scene there. And uh, so we went through like all the tours, we watched the videos, we rode the boat over all this stuff. And it's just like, it, it just, the longer you're there, the heavier it gets. And um, so we were, we were walking out and like you have to, like any good tourist attraction, you have to leave through the gift shop, all right? And so we were in the gift shop and I was telling Lauren, I was like, I kind of want, and like our bags were like stuff full. Like we had stuff for our kids, we had stuff for our family. And I was like, I kind of want something to like memorialize, like, like I want something to remember this by, like me and you getting to experience Pearl Harbor. And I don't even remember what I bought. It was something super random that I talked myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was like a little picture thing, okay? So then when I moved offices, I was just like shoving everything in the boxes and stuff. Well, somehow in the process of that, my like Pearl Harbor picture got the corner bent on it. And I was like, I pull it out. I'm like, well, this isn't even a good memory anymore. I'm just going to shove it in a folder, all right? And sometimes if you're not careful, listen to this, listen to this along with the background music, all right? But if you're not careful, you can treat the things that God is doing the same way. 
Like, well, I, I can't really remember all the circumstances around that. I, I, I know God did a work. I know God answered a prayer. I know God brought so-and-so into my life. I, I know God helped me solve this situation, but I can't really remember all the details. I can't re- it's kind of messed up, and so just I'm going to forget it. And here's what you see in Mary's life. It says that she kept all of these things. I don't think Mary was sitting there and was, was pulling out pieces of straw from the manger and tucking them into her travel bag and like, this is the straw that I laid Jesus on. No, she may have, all right? Like, I mean, if someone uncovers that in archaeology, like, they're going to be worth millions, okay? But I don't think that that's what it's saying here. I don't think it's saying that she kept Jesus' little hospital band, which we have all of the hospital bands from our kids, all right? Everyone that I've worn, I, I put them in a little baggie, and, like, they're in my nightstand, and then I pull them out, and they're like, well, whose is this? I'm like, I don't know. Read the label, all right? But I'm not thinking that she's doing that. I think what she's doing is she's sitting there, and she's saying, God, you're, you sent angels to announce this child's birth? God, you, you brought us to a manger a stable you provided this and you didn't give it and she's just keeping these little moments and here's what I would encourage you with while you may not be a hoarder of keepsakes please be a hoarder of the works of God in your life it's interesting to me that when you read through the Old Testament that the Bible often encourages the children of Israel to build an altar, or to, to, to do something of physical significance when God does a work. In one of the passages where they're called to build an altar, the Bible says that it, it is so that future generations will say, what do these stones mean? Okay. And what you must understand as a child of God is that there should be moments in your life to where you may not have anything physical to hang on to, but you can say, this is when God taught me this. This is when God helped me understand this. This is, this, is what, this is when God, please listen, okay? This is when God allowed me to break up with so-and-so or allowed me to go through this heartbreak. And now looking forward, I see what God is doing. This is, what, this is how God directed me in my job. This is, this is the place where God brought me. This is who he brought me to. This is where he's brought me from. Whatever it may be, those are moments to where you can step back and you can say, I am going to reflect on these intentionally. One of the interesting things about my grandmother when she was passing away and when she, kind of her, her mind was starting to leave her is that there would be moments where she could not remember who someone was, but she could remember a Bible verse and she could remember a story about what God had been doing. I, can, I still have this vivid memory of sitting in one of her hospital rooms after she had fallen. Aunt Angie was there. And we were sitting there and my grandma wouldn't watch anything else on TV except the Christian broadcast network while she was in the hospital, right? There's only like five channels that you could get in the emergency room. So she was watching the Christian broadcast network and some lady preacher came on and was like preaching and all this stuff. And Graham, and I looked up and I was like, Grandma, I said, I hear she's coming to speak at Franklin Road this week. And she goes, Joel Hampton, she better not be there. And I was like... <laughs> she's like you know that's not right right and I was like oh I don't know grandma I said times are changing and she goes no they're not the Bible's not changing on that and and so she just like get lit into me and and Angie was sitting there like laughing the whole time and she's like you better stop like you're gonna get chewed out okay but what she understood was that she understood this is what the Bible says this is what God has done I can still remember my dad telling the story about the day that, she, that he took her into the nursing home where she would eventually pass away and go on to heaven. When he checked her in, he said that she looked at him and she goes, well, Michael, what are we going to do about this? And he said, we're just going to trust God. That's what you've always said. And she looked at him and she goes, that sounds like a pretty good idea. 
okay? Please understand that the moments that you should hang on to as a follower of Jesus Christ are not moments where your bank account was at its best, are not moments where all of your dreams and all the things that you wanted were being fulfilled, but are moments where God just did what he was supposed to do. Keep those things. But then lastly, reflect individually, reflect intentionally, but thirdly, reflect internally. It's interesting to me that it says, and pondered them in her heart. And pondered them in her her heart. The Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked, doesn't it? But could it be that the reason why we have seen the hearts of our world become increasingly more wicked, the hearts of Christians become increasingly more wicked, is because there have been very few moments where we have allowed God to do his deepest work, which is in our hearts. And here's my prayer for you this Christmas. I have other things that I want to say, but I'm preaching in the next service, and so we're going to cut it short so that I can catch my breath, all right? Here's the, here is my prayer for you this Christmas, okay? We have MTSU students that you have been running hard since August. We have PCC students, West Coast students. West Coast students, you guys probably don't even know where you're at right now. You're on a different time zone. Good morning to all of you, all right? Okay? There are so many things that you can just get in this rhythm and this habit of, of just, I'm tired, I'm broke, I'm hungry, I'm what, okay, like, I, like, what, like, I just, I don't know what's next, I'm worried about this, I'm fearful of this, I'm scared about this, I don't know what to do with this situation, and if you're not careful, that will consume your mind, okay? But in the midst of a season that is about Jesus Christ, would to God that this generation would just stop and say, God, I'm going to reflect on what you have done. I'm going, to, I'm going to look at my life this year and just be grateful for the fact that you got me to December, all right? The fact that you've given me this place to live, the fact that you've given me this job, the fact that you've given me this relationship, the fact that you've given me your word, the fact that... Just spend moments where you're looking in the mirror of the Word of God and of, of the face of God and just sitting there and saying, God, this is what you have done for me. And my prayer is that in the process of that, your heart would begin to be changed. That you would step back and say, I don't have anything to be fearful of because look at what God has done. I don't have anything to doubt with because look at what God has done. I don't have anything to worry about because God is doing a work in my heart and in my life. But unless you stop to reflect, to see it, you're going to miss it. And here is the danger of being a Christian and specifically a young adult in 2023. Is that you hear so much of what's wrong that if you're not careful, that will become the narrative that lives in your mind and you will miss the fact that God has been doing something, you've just failed to look for it. You've just failed to look in the mirror, to look in the word of God, to look at your life and say, wow, there's something there. I can promise you this, if someone walked up to many of you today and said, 
give me 10 things that's wrong with your life. There would be some of you that would be like, how about 20, right? And I can give them to you quickly. But if someone walked up to you and said, give me 10 things that God's doing in your life, there would be very, not just this group, there would be very few Christians that could spout those off quickly, right? Why? Because it's human nature to say, ah, look at what's going wrong. Mary could have said, I'm in a stable. Are you serious? I had to travel and then have this baby. I have a journey to get back home. We had to get taxed. Like, are you serious? She could have given you everything that wasn't right. But the Bible says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And I believe what God is doing in verse number 19 is he's teaching a new mother. It's going to be okay. Just trust me. Let focus on me and let me do what only I can do. And here's what I can promise you is that there are plenty of things that you can say, God, are you serious? What are you doing? And in those moments, I believe what God is saying to you is so-and-so, just trust me. Let me do what only I can do. Okay. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray. We'll be done. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I well, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. Remember to take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and tell others about this content. Remember, we would love to have you be our guest in person this Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can connect with us online at frbc.com and we look forward to seeing you again soon.